This morning, I want to be sharing with you, man, God's saving grace. And this may be strange. And how can you say man is God's saving grace? Uh, by the time we start going through one or two scriptures, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. I want to indicate to you this morning that God doesn't do anything without using man to accomplish it. Hallelujah. That is why you should check your relationship with people and you should be able to understand the people that God has sent your way. Man, are the saving grace of God. Like I said, this may be strange. A lot of persons can get angry with it. But it makes no difference. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to be looking at it from three levels. Or two. Precisely. In the area of his church building. As he built his church. Because he already made a statement. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah. Now for God to do that. It needs some equipping or equipment. Is that all right? And I'm going to make you see the major equipment he sent to site to get the building put in place. Why the gate of hell cannot prevail any against the church of Jesus Christ is because of the equipment he has on site. Turn with me to Matthew 23. Verse 34, I'm sure. Mighty 23, verse 34. In your note taking, what you are supposed to do, just write down the chapter. Don't copy the whole chapter. That is how you take notes. And you pick what strikes you as a revelation. Hallelujah. Mighty 23, 34. Are we all there together? Scripture says, Wherefore, behold, I send you unto you prophets, wise men, and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and pass away there from city to city. Amen? Now go straight to Micah, chapter 6, and verse number 4. Micah, chapter 6, verse number 4. The word says, For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, speaking to the children of Israel now, a type of the church as it were in the wilderness, and redeemed thee out of the house of servants, and I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Did you get that? When he wanted to bring Israel out, not only as a nation, but as a church, he sent three equipments, if you will. In the persons of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Now, what he said in Matthew 24, or 23, he was speaking to Israel. Then, that was supposed to be the house of God. And he said, I will send you prophets, I will send you wise men, the wise men means the apostles, and I will send you scribes, which means teachers. Now, what God is saying is, if you as an individual, 
have to be the church of God, you need to receive the ministry of this equipment. If you can get these three people ministering to your life, if you can get these graces coming into your life, you can be built as the church of God. Is that all right? Now, if you look at the last scripture we read, it said he sent Moses. Moses was to teach the people the traditions of the judgment, which has to do with the law. That's what the Bible referred to Moses as the lawgiver. The intents of God, the mind of God, the working standards of God were to be revealed through Moses. Are you understanding this? So the people that God sends to you are the people that opens to you God's intent for him and for you in relationship. God doesn't pick you and leave you in isolation. When he picks you out, he sends the people to you to equip you to be able to stand to do exactly and to walk exactly the way he intends you to walk. It is only when you vow, it is only when you fail to listen and to pick the instructions of the one he sent to you that you fail as a church. Are you following this? So Moses was the lawgiver to give the prisoner the commandment, the tradition, the concept, the mindset of God to the people. Then he sent Aaron. Who was Aaron? Aaron was a priest to pray for the people, to bring them to the place of atonement. Hallelujah. All of that which they are supposed to do, Aaron was supposed to do for the people. In terms of prayer, in terms of offering the sacrifices unto the Lord. Hallelujah. It's not as if you can approach God, but I also want to make you understand that there are some people that God will send you to that when they speak a word over your life prophetically, it comes to be established. It doesn't matter how we're going to argue that. Listen, if God feels the church has come to the place where he doesn't need any people to help the church anymore, he will never recruit anybody again to be a minister. As long as God is still calling people on the face of the earth, there is still a job to be done. And there are people still to be delivered and saved and brought to the place of maturity where they can be established as you were in Canaan to stay under their own roofs and to have their own bread. The purpose of leading you is to come to your place of rest in God. But it must take the instruction and the intercession of the one that God has sent your way for you to get there. Hallelujah. All we say, though poor, but making many rich. You may think it's spiritual richness alone. That is your own. But to me, it is both ways. Because God has blessed us with all even material things. So the blessing that the riches of God is not just tied to all the spiritual riches. It also translates into physical riches. Yes, 
And Paul will say, though I don't seem to have anything, but I have the grace that can make you become rich spiritually and materially. That is my own calling. That is, Paul was saying, that is what is on my life. I may not have buildings. I may not have a home in the natural, as people speak. But there's a thing that comes out of me that enables you to have yours. Because that is what I'm saying to do. And he speaks of Miriam. Miriam was to function in the office of the prophet. To bring forth the word. But basically, the ministry of Miriam was to educate the women congregation on how to live. Hallelujah. That was the basic ministry of Miriam. Though she was a prophetess. But basically to educate the women folk. And that is why we need some prophetess in the church. They can stand to direct and to guide our young ones in the way they are supposed to live. Are you listening to me? When we talk about prophet or prophet, we are not just talking about people that say, Does he have the Lord? Somebody is after you. No, no, I'm not talking about that. They bring forth, just like Moses could bring forth the word of God to the people, Miriam was also bringing the mandate of God for how the women ought to condone themselves. Do you realize when? They crossed the Red Sea. The song of Miriam was the song of Moses. Can you, can you remember that? Yes, but you, you understand the song of deliverance of Moses. But he brought the women together to sing the same song. Are you listening to me? She was coordinating the women. So that the whole family of God can truly be one. Hallelujah. I don't want to talk about how that entered into her head. But you know what happened. And she ended up becoming leprous. And then the church could not move for a whole number of days because she was out of the camp. Until the transaction was made again. And she was healed of the leprosy before the church moved. Sometimes when God calls you into ministry to walk alongside some people, something comes into your head. And your attitude towards the leadership can stagnate the church. And these are the things we must watch for. It's not as if she was not a prophetess. She was a prophetess. But her attitude towards Moses caused a stagnation of the movement of the church for a number of days. They were all in leadership. Hallelujah. So you need the prophets. You need the, the wisdom of the apostles. And you need the instruction of the teachers. Mighty 23, 34. And then when you come to Micah, you see them represented as Aaron and Miriam. Am I communicating? I've always told you, if I don't find a principle in the old, I can't take it as a doctrine. Okay, so now let's move on just a little bit. Why is God doing these things? Why does he pick people? Why is he sending you somebody? Why is God intending to use people to build his church? Why do you think you need to have a relationship with somebody that God sent your way? The answer is very simple. It does that to fulfill promises. Hallelujah. God may have spoken to you. Are you here with me? God may have promised you some things. But it's going to take a man that he will send your way. To cause you to enter into your promise. 
I want you to understand it because it's very crucial. Hallelujah. I've not had enough testimonies in my life. But men that God has sent my way to speak a word over my life and release me into those things that God has spoken years back. And every day I keep sending people to me. It is the love of God to send somebody to you, people of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is when he loves you. It is, it is his interest to get you into a place of fruitfulness that he sent people to you. You must recognize these people and walk with them accordingly. You will enter into your rest. Listen, you love struggling. You, man just love to suffer. Man just love to struggle. But I'm telling you, you can serve God with joy and relaxing. Hallelujah. There is grace in this house. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, I said God fulfill promises by sending people to you to get those promises fulfilled. Am I communicating? Okay, now let me give you examples. Genesis 15. This is Abraham. God made a promise to Abraham in Genesis 15. And that's what he told him. Genesis 15 verse number 13. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a shorty that I see shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Is that true? Who did God make the promise to? To Abraham. Are we together? Okay, now quickly turn to Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. And God is here speaking to Moses. Verse number 7. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their tax masters. For I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land unto a good land. And unto a large, and unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Verse 9. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me. And I've also seen the oppression that with the Egyptian oppressed them. Come now, therefore. Who is God talking to here? Moses. And I will do all. Send me unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people and the children of Israel out of Egypt. Did you get that there? Now, but as you read on the scripture, it says, The Lord came down, or I have come down. Now, how did they come down? Simple. Yes, sir. I have come down. How did he come down? Who saw God? Now God came down to deliver Israel without other with a promise he made to who? Abraham. Now how is he going to do that? Through a person. 
You see, John will say, you can say you love God. I don't love the man that you see. You see, all these things are just, I love God all my life, I love God. But the man that you see, you don't have no regard, you don't have nothing, you don't have no respect for your neighbor. I'm here to tell you this morning, you, listen, there is, forget about it. You may struggle to get through friends, but I'm telling you, God sent people to set you free. If you can recognize those he sent your way, your freedom is guaranteed. Amen. God made the promises to Abraham. And God said, I've come down to do that. I mean, how did he come down? He just picked somebody and said, Moses, this is it's like saying, this is what I told your father. Now you go and do it. And I've already explained to you, one of the reasons God does this is this. The earth has he given to the sons of men. How many of you remember that? Yes. He has given the earth to the sons of men. And he will not violate the authority he has given to men. That is why he will not do anything without consulting men. And the man whom he consults becomes his prophet. Did you understand that? And I gave you a simple illustration of Sodom and Gomorrah. God have all right to go and destroy Sodom. He has all right to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that? He has all the right to do that. But he still have to go and talk to Abraham. And seeking permission from Abraham. And Abraham began to dictate to God why he must not do it. He gave conditions. And God was listening because the earth has given to the sons of men. Hallelujah. I share this very strongly in South Africa. I want to repeat it here. For your family. For your children, for your country, for your state, don't always complain about the negativities you see. Listen, God said, The cry of Sodom has come unto me. It was not the Sodom people that were crying. Lot in particular was the one saying, There's someone sin in Sodom. And every day complain about the sodomite, God was hearing. Anytime you complain about people, you are bringing them before the judgment seat of God. So when you say your country is bad, you are also speaking to God. God will want to find out why the country is bad. If the people called Christians know exactly who they are, we can change this country yes, with our confessions. Yes, So more they complain about Sodom. And the Bible tells me, God said, let me not go and see this complaint that is coming up. But let me find out exactly what the people were complaining. And he said, okay, I want to do it. But I can't even do it except I first take permission from Abraham as the case may be. I would like you to change your confession. No matter how negative a situation may be. Am I talking to somebody? Because the more you complain, the more you complain, the more you send judgment before the throne of God. You are sending the people. It's like you are petitioning the people. God, come to sit as the judge over these people. Praise the Lord. So God made a promise to Abraham. Your people will come out with great substance. Did they come out with great substance? Yes, sir. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. You see, God doesn't fail in his word. Now, how did he even accomplish the people coming out with great substance? Only when Moses told them, go! 
Oh, come on now. I didn't even know if Moses was there when God was telling Abraham. But here was Moses telling people, go and collect to fulfill the promise of the great substance. And they came out with great substance. Because God promised that great substance. Now how are they going to collect the great substance? Through a man. Did you understand that? They never knew God promised a great substance before. He took a man to say, God has promised you great substance. Go and collect it. Your promises are hanging. Your promises are all over the place. You've not been able to relate and find a man yet who can definitely tell you this is what God has for you. Are you listening to me? Let's get another one. Abraham again. Amekizedek. Hebrew chapter 7. I want you to understand God is man saving grace upon the face of the earth. Is that alright? You see, you, you need to come out of struggles. It's not as if God is not answering your prayers. But it's sometimes God answers your prayers and sends people your way and you reject the people he sends your way. And that's why you're not getting your victory. <laughs> because think about it. If as at when Aaron and Moses came to the children of Israel and said, we don't need you. And this is exactly what Jesus was speaking in Matthew 23. I will send you prophets. I will send you scribes. Are you getting that? Kill them. And that simply means, by the time you kill the one that God sent to you, you can get into your freedom. Are you getting this? So you can see why people are still where they are. Why are they where they are? Because they are killing the one that are sent to them. No respect for them. No regard for them. No acknowledgement for the one that God has sent to them. But God was supposed to be receiving grace. Hebrews 7. Are you there with me? Look at verse number 4. Now consider how great this man was. Unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tent of spoils. And verily they are of the sons of Levi. Who received the office of the priesthood. Have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. That is of their brethren, though they come out of the lands of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them, received tithe of Abraham. And bless him that had what? I want you to know that. Abraham had promises. He took, come on, hear me. He took somebody to bless the world. Listen, it's not that you are not having promises. You have not gotten the one to bless you for those promises to come forth. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? In Romans 4, 7 and 13, you're going to see that. The Bible tells us that for the, pop, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham, but to his seed through the law. But through what? The righteousness of faith. You know that was not through the law. But the promise that Abraham was going to be the heir. Are you getting that? Through the seed of Abraham. No, we know the seed is Christ. But also the seed was in Isaac. Are you getting this? Now do you know that until Melchizedek blessed Isaac after Titan. I mean, he blessed Abraham. Isaac did not come forth. That was 25 years after the promise was hanging. 25 years after the promise was hanging, Isaac was still there locked up in the lands of Abraham. Until Melchizedek laid hands, if you will, 
upon the old man and energy begin to flow. Revitalization. Are you hearing me? The system of Abraham and Sarah changed because there was a man that provoked the blessings of God. It takes a man to release your blessing. Your promises are hanging, I'm saying it. You won't believe this. You won't, you won't believe the way it's left for you. I've told you in this fellowship. Far back 1989, God spoke to me that we're going to be traveling across the nations to preach. Then I was still working. I was not even a minister. Even when I started ministering, I don't know how to think about getting a passport. I remember the first passport I got was given to me by Dr. Brown. But I couldn't even travel with it. It was James that intended me to travel. I couldn't travel. But when God sent a man in the person of Dr. Robert Noonien in Aquaibor 2005 I made a pronouncement from today the world will hear your voice. You will no longer be silent. That was the end of it. Since 2005, you can count how many nations were visited. But God made a promise far back 1989. It takes a man to release your promises. You may not believe it. You may not subscribe to it. It makes no difference. Your promises could still be hanging until that man comes your way to say a word over your life. And those promises God has made will be released. God is in the business of using men to release you into your destiny. Man is the saving grace of God. Like I said, it may be strange for people. So people say, can, can, can that be? The saving grace of God is Christ. Yes! But Christ is working through men. Because God has convenanted his earth under the sons of men. And God is a man of principle, he's a man of order. He doesn't violate his principles. So for him to reach you, as he came down in Egypt, he came down through a man. Is anybody listening? And you are following too? <laughs> hey. Hallelujah. Let's look at the book of Psalm. Psalm 105. Verse number 17. God will always use a man to release the promises of God upon your life. God spoke to me, yes. God promised me, yes. Why has he not come to me? You need to ask yourself. And some of you, have you not fasted enough? Sure, you have fasted enough. Have you not prayed enough? You have been praying. There is nothing wrong with that. But there is a place where God sends him your way. Are you still there? Glory to God. Look at this. Psalm 1, 5, verse 17. He sent a man before them. Even Joseph. Who was sold for a servant. And if you join that to Isaiah 32, verse number 2. Though this is prophetically speaking about Jesus. But hear what he says. And a man shall be. As what? A hiding place from the wind. And a covert from the tempest. As rivers of water in a dry place. As a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. A man shall be what? A hiding place. What does that mean? A defense. A protection. 
And the Bible says, He sent a man before them. Who did he send to Egypt? Joseph. Why did he send him to Egypt? Because there was going to be famine there. Are you still there? He loves the people. He wants to protect them from hunger, from drought, from everything. He sent a man before them. He didn't send an angel. Can I tell you the one that God sent to you is your angel? <laughs> Glory to God. He sent a man before them. You know what? Before ever. Can I tell you this people of God? Before ever anything happens, there is a word that God sent to the people to you. God doesn't allow things to take you on a way. He prepares the ground before ever you get there. In every situation you find yourself today, in every trouble you seem to be experiencing today, look around. There could be a word from somebody. God must have sent somebody along the line to get you out of that trouble. Because remember what he said here. A man should be as a hiding place of the wind and a cover from the tempest as the rivers of water. In other words, test a dry situation. Somebody will be there to water your life. Is that okay? And the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Place to rest. Place of comfort. Man provides that. God sends people to provide that. He said, the problem is we don't recognize the people that God has sent our way. We don't know how to relate to the people that God has sent our way. Hallelujah. And that is because they couldn't recognize Christ or other people. Remember, as we read in Matthew 23, that's why they could kill the prophet. They could not recognize why God sent those people to them. It was for their deliverance. Praise the Lord. Joseph was an ordinary man. Don't you know that? But he was endowed with what? Wisdom and commission to deliver the people ahead of time. The major thing that God dropped in the life of Joseph was what? Wisdom. Hallelujah. So the man that God may be sending your way may not necessarily be the one that will say, Don't say the Lord. <laughs> it could be just a woman, it could be just a husband, but full of wisdom. Are you see that? Do you know even with all the might of Joshua, he wouldn't have been able to get into, into, into the promised land in dividing the land except the wisdom that rested on him through Moses. The Bible says when Moses laid hands on Joshua, wisdom was transferred. All that Joshua needed to conquer and to get the victory was wisdom. But that was released to a man. Are you see that? Now, for the people's life to be preserved in Egypt, he sent a man that was full of wisdom. I want, I want to see. Somebody said, is this man a prayer warrior? I'm not talking, just talking about that. I'm not against that. I know all of those things. They are wonderful things. Does he see? I'm not talking about that. Joseph saw nothing. But he saved the whole nation. What did he see? He saw nothing. He didn't only save the nation of Israel. He saved the nation of Egypt. What did he see? Is he seeing? You still see. 
you get what I'm talking about? Recognize the grace in the life of the one that God has sent to you. And that is what he needed you to be sent with. Yes. If he sent the one that he seen, fine. If he sent the one prophesying, fine. If he sent you a teacher, fine. Everything in the life of the one he sent to you is what you need to get to the place you are supposed to be. Just recognize the one he has sent your way. That's the key thing. Joseph saw nothing. He didn't do any prophecy. But he saved the whole nation. In fact, he had the longest ruling dynasty in Egypt. 70 good years. He ruled until he was so old. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Bought the all of the land for, for, for Pharaoh. Every land you can ever find. He bought all of the land of the nations. Bought it for Pharaoh. Developed greeneries to store grains for months, for years, without weevils coming into them. Then science have not come into place. How did he get that? Somebody who can store grain. Eh? Store grain. I'm not talking of. Eh? For years. Seven good years. Grains were stored. Where did he get chemicals? Are you getting what I'm talking about? The grains were still intact after seven years. To God's wisdom to deliver a whole nation. Did not only deliver Israel, it delivered the Egyptian land from famine and drought and all of those things that come over the rest of the nations. And he made the nation they become prosperous because he bought all the land and the people were not buying from Pharaoh. And in fact, when they plant their crops, they have a particular percentage, one-fifth, that they bring out to Pharaoh. They got wisdom. He sent a man before them. Can I repeat before you? The man that God may be sending away could just be a man with just wisdom. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You just connect to that. Just connect to that grace. And your life will be changing. Every day. Praise the living God. So I send them prophets, I send them scribes, and I send them teachers. So, but then you will kill and crucify. Now, how can you get your liberty? How can you get your freedom when you have crucified? Tell me, if these people have come to look for Joseph and kill him, how would they have survived in Egypt? In fact, it was only when Joseph died that their trouble started. How many of you remember that? He said, because there arose another king who knew not Joseph. The problem started when Joseph died. When the one sent to you, you kill that one, your trouble begins. I want you to understand these things. God is not living in isolation. He's so close. And he's using people to get in contact with you every day. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 8. Let's look at verse 18. Ezra chapter 8 and verse number 18. I want you to have a clear understanding about life and how to walk in life and how to relate to the people that God has sent your way because you have a reason for sending them your way. Ezra 8 and 18. And by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of what? Oh my God. Can we read it together? And by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us what? A man of understanding. Oh my 
goodness. I just want you to capture that. <laughs> oh my God. A mile of understanding of the sons of Mehali, the son of Levi, son of Israel, and what is it? Sherebiah, with his sons and his brethren, 18. All these 18 guys were men that were full of wisdom and understanding. Understanding of situations. <laughs> hey, scripture says, get wisdom. I will tell that getting, get what? Get understanding. Say, but wisdom is the principal thing. Joseph was a man of wisdom. And they went. Can you imagine how? He said, with the good hand of God. You know what? The good hand of God rested on them. And the, the product of that good hand was a man. Of understanding. There are issues that are passing through today that simple instruction will deliver you from. Are you catching what I'm talking about? It will not require five days fasting and prayer. It will not require all your people on your head. Or you drinking it. Or using it to make stew. It will require that. Just simple instruction that you walk with. And you can overcome all of those troubles. The good hand of God was upon us. And the after effect of that good hand was a man of understanding that was sent to us. And by the time he begins to guide and lead us, we got the victory. Can we read a little bit? Why does he say, because these are kind of ministries. Let's look at from 19. These are people elsewhere. And Hasbayan are with him. Are we there in verse 19? Jeshiah of the sons of Merari, his brethren, and their sons, 20. Then I proclaim a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God, to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones. And for what? All our substances. Now, while they are seeking, the wisdom is going to be flowing through these people. For them to have a place of protection for their children, for their substances, and for everyone. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy of the way. Because we have spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon that for good that seek him. But his power and his rod is against all them that do what? Now look at what he said. The hand of the Lord is upon us. He sent us what? A man of wisdom. The prayer they prayed. Come on now. Is anybody following this? God, how can we protect our substance? How can we protect our money? How can we protect our children? Because enemies are coming. We just want to know. And God released a man of wisdom. Sometimes your prayers can only be answered through men. God gave me money. What God will send to you is a man that will show you how to make money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is anybody getting this? But when you reject that man that has that wisdom, the man may not have money, but he has the wisdom for you to make money. That's a mystery. Somebody once asked me a question. I said, I can teach you certain things that I do not do. And I'm not ashamed or afraid to say that. When I use the word I do not do, let me give you an example. Something is here. 
It's not all football coaches that can play football. Am I right? So, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's not that football coaches that play football, unless for now. In my school days, my own master was telling us that the football coach was not a footballer. He was an athletist. He was supposed to be a sprinter. But he was cheating on football and we're winning matches. He knows what it takes to train you to succeed. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? But that is not to say he has to be able to play football before he can train you to become a footballer. That's not true. It has to do with the understanding that comes from God. Joseph, with all the wisdom he had, was not a farmer. Am I, am I talking to someone here? But he made the farmers to do what? To succeed. That is his commission for you. So when you pray, when you pray, man, open your eyes and see who God is sending your way. I need money. I need money. And you think one day envelope will draw by your gate. And what you're going to see inside is dollars. Well, if he comes, praise God. But he can just send somebody to instruct you on the way of your business and how to go better than what you're doing now. A man of wisdom was what God sent them. And that defines the hand of God. Then we seek him for the hand of God. And we have told the kings already that the hand of God is upon us mightily so we can't be able to come to you. That God's hand, when he rests upon the people, they survive and they succeed. But for the wicked, his hand is not resting on them. So we are seeking the hand of God. And God send a man with understanding. Are you still there with me? God, I mean man, God saving grace. Till tomorrow. So I want you to open your eyes to see. Who are those around you? Who is God sending your way? How do you relate to the people that God is sending your way? How long have you been able to discover it or you are yet to discover it? Man is still God saving grace. He sent Joseph before them. Ever before the trouble began, there was a man. Some of you, God must have spoken some things to you before trouble comes. Through people, you ignore them, you neglect them, but at the end of the day, you step into the same problem that you are trying to avoid. The ones you have not even seen there might be scientists for you today that will prevent those troubles. But because you don't recognize that God can send a man, you ignore them. In that sense, you kill them. Like Matthew 23. You kill the prophets. You kill the scribes. And you kill the teachers. And the end product is the Roman came out of the temple and wiped out the whole people. Are you getting what I'm talking about? When you kill the ones that God sent you, you are definitely going to end up in trouble. No two ways about that. If they are killed Moses, they won't come out. If they are killed Joseph, they will die. Hallelujah. Recognize who God has sent. Recognize the grace in the man that God has sent your way. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. It could be even your daughter. Somebody say, how could you say that? Who saved Naaman? A slave girl. Am I right? A slave girl saved a whole army general. The wisdom I'm talking about has nothing to do with gray hair. It has to do with those that God is passing through part time. 
He has already made a promise that in a month of days, he will confirm his word. Are you still there with me? Recognize and come out of this pressure that we are. We are going through so many pressures. Laboring, struggling. You want to do everything by might, by struggle. Hey, come on. God is helping you. He said he will send you men of understanding, men of wisdom. One word from these people can turn the whole of your life around. And all those struggling and sweating will be a thing of the past. God bless you.